I want to talk to us a little bit today. Uh, the title of my message is simply this. Which rock are you building on? Bump your neighbor on your left-hand side. Tell them which rock are you building on. Bump your neighbor on the other side. Say, if you're, if you're sitting next to your husband, say, Rocky. I know that you are my Rocky. Numbers chapter 20 verse 1. The Bible says, In the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel arrived in the wilderness of Zin and camped at Kadesh. While they were there, Miriam died and was buried. There was no water for the people to drink at that place, so they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, If only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have we brought this congregation of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die, along with all of our livestock? Why did you make us leave Egypt, place of comfort, and bring us here to this terrible place? This land of, has no grain, no figs, no grapes, no pomegranates, no water to drink. Sounds a lot like people today that are speaking about the future, doom and gloom. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. And the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community as the people watch. Speak to the rock over there and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told, took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with his staff, and the water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. Speaking to us this morning about which rock are you building on? The first rock, the rock of Moses. Jump across with me to the New Testament, Matthew 16. The Bible says in verse 13, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Two rocks this morning the rock of Moses and the rock of Peter the one rock broke Moses destiny the other rock built Peter's destiny the one rock disappointed God and the other rock delighted God what was the difference what is the difference between these two rocks I'm speaking to us like I said this morning which rock are you building on I believe in these times we are going into right now in the future if you look around you on social media people are asking a lot of questions what's going to happen to the future Wars and rumors of wars. We're seeing nations being invaded. Rumors of our petrol price potentially going to 40 rand a liter. People are talking about the, uh, the economy. Medical practitioners are speaking about a fifth wave coming. Sometimes we can get so gripped about what the future, the doom and gloom of the future, we can start to shift the rocks that we are standing on. So the Bible says this. What is the difference between these two rocks? What is the difference? Why did the one rock build someone's destiny and why did the one rock destroy someone's destiny or break someone's destiny why did the one rock delight God and why did the other rock disappoint God well the Bible tells us in verse 12 of Numbers 20 about the first rock of Moses but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel you will not lead them into the land I'm giving them this is what the Bible says God says to Moses because you did not trust me publicly 
in front of the people to demonstrate my holy power because you did not publicly trust me in front of the people to demonstrate my faithfulness. I believe this is a time like never before for us as children of God to stand up and publicly stand on the word of God, to publicly declare the faithfulness and the goodness of God. I believe when you understand which rock you are building on, because God is still able in 2022. Amen. This is our year of many breakthroughs. Can you say amen this morning? But the Bible says what? That Moses decided to what? To gain the water of his supply by his stick instead of gaining his supply by God's Spirit. I believe right now, although we have to do a work there, that we are co-laborers with God. God will give us strategies. God will give us ways in which we have to execute, in which we have to take territory for God. But we can't do it by what? By the, the stick of our own supply. We have to do it by, the, by trusting in the Spirit of God, by trusting in the unction, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So what was God's instruction, His original instruction to Moses and Aaron? What did He tell them that disappointed God so much? Listen to what verse 8 says. The Bible says, He says, Take the rod and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, and He said, Speak to the rock before the eyes, and it will yield water. I want you to notice, the Bible said God gave Moses and Aaron an instruction to speak to the rock. But that's not what Moses did. What Moses did was Moses struck the rock. God didn't tell him to strike the rock. God told him to speak to the rock. Big difference. And his action disappointed God. You see, God said, speak to the rock before the eyes of the people. Instead, Moses struck the rock. That's why God never intended for Moses to live by fleshly formulas, but God intended for Moses to live by faith. You see, God had been gracious to Israel. God had been gracious to the Israelites. They didn't understand who God was. I was telling my wife actually this week as I was meditating on this message, it's amazing to think that 430 years, Israelites were slaves in Egypt. Many people before you know God or before you are set free by the, the blood of Jesus Christ, you are a slave to so many things in your mind. And the first work God has to do is to lose a slave mentality in people's minds and hearts about what their future looks like. And the Bible says for four and a half generations, from the generation of Joseph and Jacob, when Joseph let his family come to Egypt, and there was, a, there was, there was favor upon that generation. But the second Pharaoh turned against the Israelites and made them slaves. Think about that for a moment. For 430 years, four generations after Joseph dies, those people, those Israelites, were not allowed to worship God or to serve God. And so they had no clue about who God really was. And so when God sends them out through Moses, through the Exodus, through leading them back into the place of promise, they gravitate back. We know they made golden calves because they, they, the only reference point they had of who God was was an Egyptian God, a false God. So God had to start to teach them who He really was. And so He has grace upon them in their journey out. He, he gives them a pillar of cloud by day when they were crying about the heat. He gave them a pillar of fire by night when they cried about the, the, the cold. When they didn't have food, He gave them manna and quails. And that's what God does. God is a gracious God. But God never intends for Him to be uh, working on our behalf all the time. God wants us to walk by faith in Him. And so He starts to demonstrate. He wants, he wants Moses to start to teach these, the children of God what does faith look like? We can't keep looking to the world for supply. We can't keep looking to man for supply. We can't keep looking to the government for supply. We have to be a generation that demonstrates the faithfulness of God to the people. When people say, what does the future look like? We should be the ones to say, watch what my God is going to do. And God gets disappointed in Moses. He says, I've been walking with you all this time. And that wasn't the time, Moses, to strike the rock in your own ability. It wasn't the time. There's times when God will supply. 
God will bring the miraculous through into your life. But we can't live off miracles. We have to learn to walk by faith. We have to learn to trust God in front of people. When you are at work, I mean, as pastors, we lead congregations, but you lead your own congregation in your family. You lead your own congregation at work. When you're in the marketplace and the, the conversation is the petrol price, when the conversation is wars and rumors of wars, when the conversation is the economy that is potentially going to get worse, what is your reply in the midst of that conversation? Are you going to tell the people, well, I tell you what, we are going, we're going to come through, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Or are you the generation that's going to say, well, I tell you what right now, my God is in control. My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we might ask or think. Amen. Which rock are you building on? Because the rock you choose to build on is the rock that God is going to supply from. So God was gracious to the Israelites. He said, speak to the rock in front of the people. Because that demonstrated Moses' faith in God. And it demonstrated God's power through Moses. But striking the rock in front of the people demonstrated Moses' ability. You see, God wanted to demonstrate His ability through Moses. But sometimes when we try to strike the rock in our own flesh or our own struggle or our own worry or our own doubt, we end up trying to uh, show the people what God is like in our own ability. And the Bible says this. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, the Bible says God is always waiting. God is always ready. He said, now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I want you to notice the Bible said God is able in 2022. God is able, what? To do exceedingly abundantly above all that we might ask or think. Amen. According to what? The power that works in us. So the Bible says what? We shall receive power. So you don't receive power to become powerful. You receive power to be full of power. Sometimes when Moses, when he struck the rock, he was saying to people, watch how powerful I am. And God said, I didn't give you power for you to be powerful. I gave you power to be full of power. Because it's my power that works in you and through you. It's not our power. We don't try and do great exploits for God because we are powerful. We do great exploits for God because God's power is in us. And God's power wants to work through us. Amen. And I want to encourage us this morning. A word of encouragement to us. You shall receive power. It's the demonstration of God's power. When we did our series a while back about you shall receive power, we spoke about the drill. I mean a drill, it's just an, it's an object. If there's no power in the drill, it's just an object. But the minute the, the drill receives power, what does the drill do? It, fu- it fulfills a function while it's full of power. But the minute the power stops, the drill just becomes an object again. That's why we are simply vessels. We are donkeys that God rides. We are donkeys that God uses. Amen. We are just the, the vessel that God uses for His glory. Notice what the Bible says. He says, according to the power that works in and through us, to Him be the glory in the church. Our main function is to push the glory of, back to God. Whatever God does in and through your life, you have to push that glory back to God. Or do we take the glory? And God was never anti-Moses. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't uh, against Moses. But He said, Moses, it wasn't the time to strike the rock right now. I believe for many of you this morning, watching me maybe by way of technology, sitting there, you've got a business, you're in the, the economic sector and you've heard news that your, your sector of your, of your business or the market is, is busy shifting and changing and they, they say this and they say that. But what does God say? What does God say about your situation? 
Are we starting to build on the rock of Moses? Are we starting to strike the rock in our own ability? Are we depending upon what? The faithfulness of God, despite us even understanding what that might mean when we are faced with challenges. Can you say amen this morning? So Philippians 4.19, Paul writes to the church and he says, And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory. Notice what Paul says. He says, You gave to me and my ministry. Paul was stepping out to plant a church and the, the, the church in Philippi gives towards his ministry. So what does Paul say? Paul doesn't say, because you gave to me, I'm going to give back to you. Paul says, because you gave into the purpose of God, like all of you do when you pay your tithes and your offerings, when you commit to a building pledge or to a building project, whenever you uh, finance God's purpose and God's kingdom on this earth, uh, Paul doesn't say, because you gave to the ministry, my ministry, I'm going to give back to you. He says, no, he says, what? He pushes the glory back to God. And he says, because you gave to God's purpose, now watch how God is going to give to you. He, he publicly demonstrates God's ability in front of the people. He says, because you publicly gave, Watch how God will publicly bless you. Amen. That's why David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We shouldn't be silent in these times. The world wants to silence our voices. The world wants to shut us down. The world wants us to conform. The world wants us what? To be moved and swayed by the opinions of unbelief. The world wants to silence your voice. But it's not a time to be silent, my brother, my sister. I want to encourage you. It's a time to be more public than ever about the goodness and the faithfulness of God in front of the people. Oh, you better get to work this week and tell people, hey, this company is going to be blessed. Why? Watch what my God's going to do. You're going to see business come through these doors. You're going to see tenders sign. How do you know? I know because I spend time with my God. And my God said what? Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I might ask or think so that God will get the glory. Come on, put your hands together this morning. Jump on your feet and give Jesus a shout of praise all over this place. And say, God, you are able. And my God shall supply all your need according to His riches, not according to His lack. Heaven is not in recession. Heaven is not in lockdown. Amen. For every virus, there is a verse. Amen. You hold on to the Word of God. You look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. He started the story. He'll finish the story. Don't shift the rock that you're standing on. Don't start striking the rock in your own ability. Amen. Stand in faith. Believe God. You work, you labor, we co-labor. But we don't stand, we don't get in God's way. We allow God to work through us and in us. And you watch. And as God comes through for you, as God is going to miraculously supply all your need, as God is going to bring an answer to that, that so-called confusion right now. And when God does, instead of you saying, well, you see, I told you how great I am. Now you see Moses, he, he wanted to be a, a, a rock star. God didn't call him to be a rock star. Amen. God called him to be rock solid. Sometimes, especially in the modern westernized world, I don't criticize because I'm in the ministry myself. But many pastors, many ministries around the world are trying to be rock stars for God. God didn't ask Moses to be a rock star. He asked him to speak to the rock on God's behalf. He said, let me be the star, the morning star. Let me be the one they look at. When you finish representing God, are they looking at you or are they looking at God? It depends. And sometimes we are just the vessels, like I say. And that doesn't mean to say you shouldn't receive honor and you shouldn't receive praise and you shouldn't receive accolades for doing well but God never gave you that ability God never gave you that power for you to be powerful God gave you that power to be full of power so you can continue doing greater things for God can you say amen Paul writes and he says in Romans 1 16 he says for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is what the power of God 
Notice it's the power of God, the gospel of Jesus. It's not the gospel of some pastor or some ministry or some person. It's not a new formula that God brings into the church. The gospel is the gospel. It's the greatest message any human can hear. It's the message that liberates. It's the message that sets people free. Oh, the Bible says what? Luke 4, 18. Jesus said what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. God's main focus, Jesus' first sermon he ever preaches was to eradicate poverty from people's lives. Eradicating a poverty mindset. Because a poor person is not a happy person. A poor person can't help another poor person. Amen. It's not about money. It's about a mindset. It's about understanding who Jesus is and what He came to do for you. But He said what? I've come to preach good news to the poor. Everything that follows Luke 18 is as a result of poverty in people's lives. I mean, hearts get broken when people struggle. Men run away from their families. They turn to drugs or to alcohol. They become abusive when there's no dignity in a man's life, when he can't provide for his family. Poverty is a curse. Amen. And Jesus said, I've come to set people free from the curse of poverty. A poverty mindset. Poverty in your thoughts, poverty in your vision, poverty in your, in your speech, poverty in your purse, poverty in your pocket, everything. God wants us to live a blessed life. Don't allow people to associate money with prosperity. Amen. Prosperity is not money. It's a mindset. And when your mindset shifts, money will follow that. Money will know. It'll, it'll serve you all the days of your life. Are you here this morning? But which God are we serving? Do we now have to turn to man? Because the minute we think man is the maker of our, of our success then man can also be the taker of our success. The minute you look to man, government, anybody, and you look away from God, God says, well, Moses, you struck the rock. Now notice God's grace. The rock still produced the water. God doesn't stop supplying just because you make a mistake. That's the grace of God. But maybe God wanted to give Israel a million liters of water and Moses extracted a hundred through his effort. Now to him who is able, to do exceedingly abundantly above all we might ask of thee. Oh yeah, this morning. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Are you ashamed of the name of Jesus? Are you ashamed? Are you toning down Jesus? Are you, are you doing Jesus light in 2022? Because your friends at work said, don't bring your religious jargon to, to work. Their, their opinion, their, 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 their rebuttal of, of who Jesus is. But you had an encounter with him. You know who he is. You know where you were. You know what he did for you. And now because some person is in unbelief, I have to silence Jesus down. I'm not saying being a Bible basher and being, being legalistic and being judgmental. But when people say, how are you going? You say, man, it's going great. I was in church yesterday. I was fed by the word of God. This is going to be a great week. Let me tell you, our God is a good God. I mean, just your energy, your life, your light. Let your light so shine before men. Amen. That's why Cape Town is a great city. You know that? But pastor, no, no, we're not, we're not Billy Goat Christianing. But pastor, how's it going in Cape Town? Oh, oh, I thought Cape Town was the land of milk and honey. Well, it is. But you have to rob the, the beehive and you have to milk the cow. That's how the, that's how the milk and the honey flows. You think the bees, is, the honey is just going to fall out the beehive. You've got you've to you've rob the beehive. That means you've got to go and fetch the honey. You get a few bee stings along the way, I'm sure. I grew up on a farm. I milked some cows. I mean, why are you milking that cow? It just throws its dung here the stench of the cow's dung while you're milking the milk I mean then when i go home i put nesquik into it and it turns pink that's the nice part but to get the milk out the cow is a little bit of dung a little bit of smell to get uh, into the will of god it's going to require a few bee stings it's going to require a little bit of stench a little bit of smell of, of of cow dung 
But the land will flow with milk and honey according to what you believe. Are you here this morning? So my question to you today is, do you show your trust in God's faithfulness in front of the people? Or do you show your ability for God in front of the people? It's two different things. Do you speak publicly about, about God's power to do the impossible through you? Or do you try and do the impossible for God? You see, with man, it is impossible. But with God and for God, all things are possible. But we have to publicly declare, Moses, I asked you to speak to the rock in front of the people. I didn't ask you to strike the rock. It wasn't the time to strike the rock. It was a time to speak. You shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea. We shall not talk about the mountain. We shall speak to the mountain. Amen. How often are people these days speaking about their mountains? Oh, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I don't know how I'm going to get through this month. I don't know how South Africa is going to recover. Oh, they say, they say, they say. That's why you look at the second rock of Peter. Jesus comes. He wasn't confused. Jesus wasn't swayed ultimately about what people thought. But he was concerned about what his disciples thought. Because he was going to hand over the baton of Christianity to 12 men. So he says to him, he says, what are the people saying about me? What are the opinions of people out there? What is the opinions of the market? What do people say about Christianity? And then that's why I always say opinions are like having a bad breath. Everyone's got one and it stinks. Amen. The dictionary describes the word opinion as a belief or judgment that rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty. Let me read that to you again. A belief or judgment that rests on grounds insufficient to produce complete certainty. So Jesus wants to know, are my disciples certain? Are they fully persuaded in who I am? Are they fully persuaded in what I can do through them and for them? If I hand over Christianity to these 12 men, are they going to become like Moses and start to eradicate my faithfulness, my goodness in their lives and going to start to strike the rock by themselves? So you ask them, who do people say they are? Some say John the Baptist, Matthew 16, 14. Others say Elijah. Some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He wasn't concerned about what they thought about him. He wanted to hear what was coming out of the disciples' mouths because the Bible said what the heart is full of will come out the mouth. If you want to know where someone is, just listen to what comes out of their mouth. It's where their heart is. It's where your treasure is. And I believe right now it's not a time for us to be a a people that draws back. It's not a time for us right now to be a a people that are going to settle for second best. We have to step up and step out and show the, the world what publicly who God is. Amen. How God is a good God. How is business? It's going great. You might not have signed the deal yet, but why? I'm declaring my God is coming through for me. My God is able. My, my victory, my breakthrough is on its way. Why? Because my trust is in God. Amen. Some say this or some say that. Who are they? Well, they say the future looks gloomy. They say the economy won't recover. They say the days of the church are numbered. Well, I've got news for you. Amen. God loved numbers so much, He put a whole book in the Bible. Amen. That's why the church is going to be bigger. It's going to be better. It's going to be further. It's going to be greater. We're not going to have enough space in our buildings to fill. Because people are going to what? Run to the presence of God. But they're only going to run to a place where they can see people's faith in God. At work, what are you saying? Have you heard? Have you heard what? This and that. Well, my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches. Amen. Oh yeah, this morning. So he says to Peter, but who do you say that I am? That's why every person has to have their own personal encounter with God. You can't go to heaven through your parents. You can't go to heaven through your friend's encounter. You can't go to heaven through your wife's encounter. You can't go to heaven through your religious systems. You can only go to heaven when you believe who Christ is and what he has done for you. So he says in verse 15, but he said to them, but who do you say that I am? 
Verse 16, and Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, You are. Moses believed God could. Peter believed God was. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Who is Jesus to you? He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Moses, who, do, who, do you, who should I tell Pharaoh sent me? Tell him, I am sent you. Not I was, I will be, I'm going to be. Tell him I am, because I'm with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Why? Because my power is in you. Amen. So he says, Moses, speak to the rock before their eyes. Speak to the rock of fear. People were fearful. People were uncertain. He said, speak to the rock of uncertainty. Speak to the rock of unbelief. Speak to the rock of, of lack. Because they said there's no pomegranates, there's no figs, there's no water. Our, ca- our cattle can't eat you. Why have you brought us to this place? Oh, there's no jobs. There's no, there's, no, there's no future in South Africa. Let's emigrate. I've told you before. If you go to New Zealand or to Australia, they can't play rugby. We are the world champions. Amen. We teach them how to play rugby. Go to London. It's just gray and cold. And they can't play rugby neither. Why do you want to go? Bright place. Budavos. Sunny skies. Cape Town, mountains, oceans, steak, chips, and ayers. It's a great country. Where do you want to go to? Vavalichan. I'm going to emigrate. No. Who is God to you? Because when you get to that country, God is there. Because you are there. And if God can't be here, how is He going to be there? Because you are there. He's in you. He's with you. He's for you. Are you here this morning? So He said Moses hits the rock in His own strength. But Peter says what? You are the son of the living God. You see, when we speak in faith, family, we declare that you are faithfulness of God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You see, who is God to you? Well, you are Elohim. You are my creator. You are Jehovah. You are my Lord God. You are El Shaddai. You are my supplier. You are Adonai. You are my master and my Lord. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are my healer. You are Jehovah Nisi. You are my banner. You are Jehovah Makadesh. You are my sanctifier. You are Jehovah El Roy, the God who sees me. I tell you this morning, God sees you right there in your seat. You are not distant from God. You are not insignificant to God. You matter to God. They're in False Bay. They're in Cape Town North. You serve the God of El Roy, the God who sees you. God notices you. You have a purpose. You have a life. You've got a destiny in God, but you have to declare, you are El Roy. You see me. You are Jehovah Shalom. You are my peace. You are Jehovah Zitkanu. You are my righteousness. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are my provider. You shall supply all my need. I'm not going to strike the rock in my ability. I'm going to trust in your ability. Oh, you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or think according to the power that works through me. It is your power. I thank you for your power. I give you all the glory for your power. You saved me. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I give you all the glory. I worship you. I lift my hands to you. My business is yours. My marriage is yours. My children is yours. My purpose is yours. I am yours. You are in me. I live and move and have my being in you. Come on. If you believe that this morning, 
Jump on your feet one more time and declare, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah El Roy. You are Jehovah Nisi. Woo-hoo. Bump your wife, bump your husband, say, hey, honey, everything's going to be okay. That's what the Bible says, Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Shalom. When there's anxiety in my mind, when I get bad news, when the world is against me, when I don't know what to do, I lift my hands and I say, You are Jehovah Shalom. You are my peace. My peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. I don't give peace like the world gives. Oh, you could have all the vaccines in the world. I'm not anti-vax. You could have all the medication. You could have all the money in the world. You can gain the whole world. You can be as healthy as you want, but you can die without Christ. That's why the church exists. Not to speak about what you shouldn't, shouldn't do in a, in a, in a, with, a, with a vaccine. That's your own personal choice. The church's job is to tell you that God loves you. The church's job is to tell you Jesus came and died for you. The church's job is for you to stand in the marketplace and to publicly speak of the faithfulness of God. What makes you so hopeful, Jesus? What makes you so energetic, Jesus? What makes you so, what makes your outlook always look so positive, Jesus? I was reading in my Bible yesterday. What did your Bible say? Well, my Bible said this and quote scripture to him because the word of God is living. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. The Word of God, the Bible says, is able to separate bone from marrow, soul from spirit. Sometimes we're not sure what's spirit and what's soul. Your spirit is who you are. It's, 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 the, it's the part of you that connects to God. You, when you are born again, your spirit comes alive to the Spirit of God. Your soul is your memory, your will, your intellect, your emotions. That's why you can remember your sin of the past. God doesn't remember it, but you can still remember it. We've got memories. Not that they... You're going to sit and hold on to those memories, but we can think back about grade one, grade two. We can remember those days. God doesn't remove your memory when you get saved. Your will, your emotions, your intellect, all those are in your soul. And sometimes when, we, when we're reading the Word of God, we're not sure, is this the Spirit of God speaking to me or is this, is this, is this the, my soul realm speaking? The Bible says the referee is the Word of God. When you, when you want to make a decision and you're not sure if this is God's will or not, the Bible said what? You go to the Word of God because it's living. And when you read the Bible, you don't even realize that the Bible jumps into your heart and it starts a work. You sleep at night, you rise by day, and suddenly peace comes. Why? Because God says, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives. My peace. In this lifetime, you'll face many challenges. You'll be challenged. But why am I going through all these battles? Because it's going to be a great testimony of the faithfulness of God. When people say you're not going to make it, when people write you off, God never writes us off. When people wrote David off, 14 years he fled from his jealous father-in-law. 14 years this man, some of the greatest psalms we read today came when David was in his deepest and darkest moments. Sometimes some of your greatest experiences with God will come when you're in your lowest moments. Because then God has got your full attention. God has got your full and undivided attention. See those places when you have to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and you've got this deadline to meet and you don't know how you're going to meet that deadline that suddenly we, 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 we press into God a lot more in those times. And God uses those times and He says, let me speak to you. Let me talk to you. Now go, Moses. Speak to the rock. 
Moses wasn't fully convinced that God was. Moses strikes the rock and it disappoints God. I want to say to you, which rock are you building on this morning? Which rock are you building on? Are you building on the you are rock of Christ? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are my provider. You are my peace. You are my banner. Oh, I want you to write that, that, that name down. Jehovah El Roy, the God who sees me. God sees you this morning. You're not insignificant. You don't have to be on Instagram to be seen. You don't have to be an influencer to be seen. You have to be influenced by the Spirit of God. And when God's Spirit influences you, it gives you a power. In the same place where they wrote you off, is the same place they're going to come to you for advice. In the same place they, they thought you weren't going to make it, is the same place they're going to ask you, how did you make it? And you're going to say, well, let me tell you, my God, my God, my God, He came through for me. Amen. My God shall supply all my needs. My God brought peace where there was turmoil in my life. Amen. So in closing this morning, Jesus says this in Matthew 7, 24. He says, therefore, ever hears these sayings of mine and does them. He says, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. What rock are you building on this morning? The rock of your ability with your stick or the rock of God's ability through you with His Spirit. Matthew 7, 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it fell and great was its fall. I want you to notice this morning God's desire for you is not for you to fall. God's will for you is not for you to fall. God's will for you is to rise. God's will for you this morning is not to sink. God's will for you this morning is to stand. God's will for you this morning is not to be in defeat. God's will for you is to be in victory. But it will determine how you build. Jesus says the storms came to both builders' lives. Storms will come. I guarantee you that. But how you build and on what you build will determine how you overcome that storm. What rock are you building on this morning? Hebrews 12 verse one, the Bible said what? Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that He set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. The Bible says we look to Jesus. That's the place we look at this morning. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.